Hello, it's Wednesday, February 14th, also known as Valentine's Day, and welcome to episode 297 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI Senior Fellow Morgan Vigna, and I'm joined today by NSI Executive Director Jamil Jaffer, NSI Deputy Executive Director Jessica Jones, and Senior Fellow Lester Munson. Last Thursday, Pakistan held its general election, but it delivered a split mandate with no party securing a majority in the National Assembly. Independent candidates affiliated with jailed former prime minister and cricket legend Imran Khan's PTI party won the most seats. But to form a government, they still needed to be part of a coalition. Well, five days later, and lots of political horse trading, there's now a coalition. The Pakistan Muslim League Nawaz, or PLMN, and the Pakistan People's Party, PPP, have agreed to form a new government, ensuring that Khan's PTI will not take power despite getting the most votes. Unsurprisingly, Imran Khan's PTI party was none too pleased about this, and lots of allegations of vote rigging have ensued. PLMN's president, Shabazz Sharif, is the party's selection for prime minister. Sharif is not a new face to Pakistani politics. In 2022, he replaced Imran Khan after a no-confidence vote and served as prime minister for 16 months. So, Jess, two-part question. Why does Pakistan's election matter for the United States? It looks like Sharif will once again be prime minister. Is this a good thing? Uh, I think I, I like one of the you know the articles. It's like, what's going on in Pakistan is bonkers. I think, you know, trying to understand the back and forth between Khan and Sharif family, it's like a turn of a wheel who's in power. And I think one of the lessons that the administration and, and the world is taking, though, is a declining controlled by the military. It was surprising that Khan's party picked up as many seats as it did, considering that Khan is in jail. Um, They weren't allowed to campaign. Um, And so I I think that's one lesson there. I think, you know, the Biden administration kind of on the sidelines quietly was, you know, like, you know, we, they have fears, you know, they're interested in the integrity of the elections, but they're also going to work with the government. So they're, they're really just kind of on the sidelines, paying attention to seeing how this all plays out. But of course, I mean, Pakistan is a nuclear power. It's got the sixth largest arsenal in the world. It sits, it borders China, India, Iran, Afghanistan, you know, they've been partners questionably so at times in, in U.S. counterterrorism efforts. I mean, their stability matters both for our national interests and those in the region of, of the countries they border. Yeah. Jamil, I know you've got thoughts on this, um, but also I want you to dig into a little bit as to the re- nature of the relationship between the United States and Pakistan right now. Um, you know, since relations weren't really great before we withdrew from Afghanistan, um, and they sure as hell haven't been <laughs> sort of a priority for this White House right now. Um, is that is that priority deprioritization misplaced? Well, you know, historically, you go back to the Cold War, and we were we were we supported sort of Pakistan in its conflict with India. Uh, the, the Russians backed India. We've now pivoted away from Pakistan during the War on Terror. They were really important to us because we needed their help. They built I, the ISI, the Pakistani Intelligence Services, built Al Qaeda in Afghanistan and the Taliban. Really, um, they they had they you know housed Osama bin Laden, whether knowingly or unknowingly, probably knowingly, um, right right near the the Pakistan version of of, uh, of West Point. So the Pakistanis have all long played this double game with us. They know we need them. Um, but they sort of play both sides. We've now sort of Finlandized significantly or tried to get India to Finlandize towards us. And so both uh, President Trump and President Biden have been looking at India as the real bulwark against the Chinese threat. And so we've been playing Pakistan uh, off a little bit. We also have been thrilled with Imran Khan. He's not been ideal for the United States. 
Um, but now you've got this really interesting coalition, right, with Shabazz Sharif, Nawaz Sharif's brother. You've got Benazir Bhutto and, and Ali Zardari's son, uh, Bill Wall, who's the member who's, who's leading the PPP. They're now coming together, traditionally rivals in Pakistan politics, uh, coming together, the Bhutto family and the, and the Sharif family now coming together to be, push off Imran Khan, who's in jail, as you point out. Um, you know, and this is a real, I mean, and the crazy thing is everyone knows the elections are rigged. Everyone knows that Pakistan, as it's always been said, is not a country with an army, but an army with a country, right? And, and that the generals are really running this whole thing. They can't even seem to get together. The people are pushing back. They like Imran Khan. He is not the favored candidate of the, of the, of the military, which is why you've got this weird coalition of the Bhutto family and the Sharif families. Um, but you know, more to come. I mean, he got 93 seats. He needs 169 to form a government. So he's not going to get close. He's not going to be able to do it. Um, but at the end of the day, what I think this demonstrates is that the generals are, are really not are losing influence even with the public and even in a rigged election. So that's, so what does that mean? You know, this is a country with nearly 200 nuclear weapons, maybe more, maybe less around that though. That's not a good scenario uh, for anybody. And certainly it's not good for stability in the region because when Pakistan has these challenges, the way they try to bring the country together and get the girls back in power is start a fight with India. Nobody wants to see that. And that's what I predict is coming because they need to regain control. That's the way they're going to try and do it. And that's a real problem for all of us. Right. So Les, Jamil raised raised China um, earlier in his his narrative there. Um, <laughs> it's no secret that statement. <laughs> narrative. His monologue. His monologue. You know, it's no secret that Pakistan is on very good terms with, with China. Um, Pakistan claims it doesn't really see this as a zero-sum game when it comes to its relationship with the United States. But it's- uh, so it's it's the Eurasian landmass. It's a big mess. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of uh, relationships that are built on uh, mutual convenience and not shared values, and I think that's what's going on here. And there's a lot of a lot of balancing going on by the by the various groups. Pakistan is certainly a player in all of that balancing all of those neighbors. Uh, Jones mentioned Iran, Afghanistan, uh, Russia, China, all of these, India, of course, all of these big actors in the region. Uh, it's a little bit messy. I do think the politics are fascinating. Imagine a populist person in legal trouble opposing a kind of a crime corrupt family that uh, is in power what? and a lot of nuclear discussion of nuclear weapons. Where have we seen that before? Seen I'm that. kind of wondering when Donald Trump comes out and says, I am responsible for Imran Khan's magnificent cricket career. He would be nothing without me. So uh, in all seriousness, the big issue here that we haven't mentioned yet is Pakistan's economy. It's a mess. Mm. Inflation is at 30%. Things are on the precipice of a real disaster. China owns a big portion of the debt there. Uh, I would look for, in addition to Jamil's prediction with respect to India, look for China to make a play, probably a long-term subtle play with its debt to uh, move in and be even more in control of things that are happening in Pakistan. Uh, that's that's a longer-term, more subtle thing than, than anything we're going to see immediately. But that's also of concern to the United States because there's going to be a big question about how the IMF handles the Pakistan economy. Got to make sure you're not subsidizing corruption, but at the same time, you want stability. So a lot of dilemmas. None of them are going to get resolved magnificently. It's going to be a muddle, uh, I think, no matter who's running the show in Washington. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks to Devlin Burning, Claude Jennings, Alice Roosevelt, and the NSI staff for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Friday, February 16th, for our next episode of Fault Lines. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our smiling faces on our channel for a video of today's episode. If you like what you heard, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe.